And Helen, you promised you'd find us a school. Oh, God help me. Slow down. Stop. That was fast. Kids. Lisa, stop dragging your sweater. I mean, Lutheranism has been in our family for as long as... Lutheran people have been around. Being a Lutheran is the greatest. I mean, right, kids? Hippo wants to be a Lutheran, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. A hippo yeah. is a Lutheran. <laughs> I knew that God told us to move here so that we could attend your fine school. A good, solid education taught our Lutheran way is the best way. I mean, isn't that right, Father? Pastor. Father Pastor. Pastor Parker. Right. Thank you for that fine testimonial. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to need the kids' transcripts and blood tests, and they're in. Blood tests? Make sure they're really Lutheran. Be surprised how many non-Lutherans try to sneak in. Oh, I'm sure. Um, problem. They're all hemophiliacs. All three of them can't take It's a joke. Why would I joke about hemophilia? There's no blood test. That's the joke. Oh. You don't have to be Lutheran to go here. It's Queens. Like 50 Lutheran kids in the whole neighborhood. <clears throat> Should we take a look around? Yeah, let's take a look around, church. I, I want to kind of be your tour guide today, but I'm not the one leading the tour. I, I'm the one following the one who leads the tour, who is Jesus. And so I just want to invite you to come along with Jesus, uh, with me, with all those uh, in the history of the church who follow this Lord, this Savior, this one who gives new and everlasting life. Welcome, everybody. Uh, congratulations, eighth graders. Listen to me. We love you. We absolutely love you. Uh, your leaders love you. Your small group leaders, by the way, are the heroes of this church. Praise God for them one more time. Awesome job. Thank you. You are truly loved in this church uh, by the pastors, the staff, the ministry leaders, uh, the people around you. I, I love the setting of this, and, and this goes out to all the campuses who are tuning in right now of hope. There are 500 plus of you who are confirming your faith as eighth graders today, having completed the three-year Power Life Confirmation curriculum and done the studies and the service and the community stuff and the worship and all the things that you've done to discover what it means to be a part of the church what it means to be the church, but it can be confusing. As you saw in that clip from a movie called Raising Helen, the Kate Hudson character, whose name is Helen, is trying to get her uh, nieces and nephew into this Lutheran school in New York City, and she runs into Pastor Dan, or she calls him Father Dan or Park, Father Parker, and he's Pastor Parker, but that, regardless, if you want to call me Father Mike, that's wrong, but it's okay. I am a dad of three. My kids call me a father, so that works out, but it's just different pieties and traditions, and that's the thing. When we take those pieties and traditions too seriously, we lose it. And we can do that with confirmation today if we aren't careful. We can turn this just into tradition. We can just turn this into a misunderstanding of just how powerful it is, just how cool this is, of how big of a deal this is for what you're doing. It's worth getting dressed up for. It's worth family coming from out of town for. It's worth celebrating. It's worth dating photo ops after the service. It's worth all of it. Because it's coming from God to us. The rite of confirmation 
Traditionally, and this is a misunderstanding, it's so easy to misunderstand, like Helen does in that clip, what it means to be a Lutheran, or what it means to be a part of a church, or what it means to be a Christian, or a follower of Jesus. I don't want you to misunderstand. I want you to know. To be a Christian, to be a part of a church family, is a gift that God gives to us. When we make it all about ourselves, we say things like, and traditionally this is what confirmation can become. The rite of confirmation is some, somehow a prerequisite to come to Holy Communion, to, to be eligible for the Lord's Supper. Or it's somehow a prerequisite in order to be a full church member of the body of Christ in a particular congregation, to put your name on the rolls. There's nothing particularly wrong with that, as long as you know it's tradition, it's not Bible. To be Lutheran at its core is about way more than lefsa, lutefisk, and liturgy. It's about God's word. Luther started the whole Reformation, Martin Luther did, based on the principles of this. said, we are going to focus on Jesus Christ. We are going to bring the church back to this. We're going to reform the church. And we're going to bring it back to Jesus Christ. And we're going to follow the word that's proclaimed by Jesus through the scriptures. And we're going to focus in on the grace that he pours out for all of us. Amazing as it is, this grace. And we're going to put our trust and our faith in this Jesus. And God's word that says if you believe in Jesus and you receive him, you confirm that faith. God gives you the power to become his very own children. And here's the thing about that relationship between God as your father and you as his daughter or you as his son. It's going to last forever. It's going to last forever. There is no other relationship in this world that is guaranteed to last forever like this one. There is no other relationship that has the power to destroy death for you, to forgive sins for you, to kick open the door to heaven for you, to breathe new life into you right here and right now. So confirming faith in this one, in this relationship that God establishes with us through Jesus Christ is what confirmation is all about. It's what church is all about. But when we get too locked into our traditions and our pieties and our, and our denominational kinds of ways that we do things, we miss that. As good as those traditions might be, one of the greatest Lutheran theologians, uh, Christian theologians, a German guy named Helmut Thielicke, uh, famously said this, amongst many, many other great things that he said. Deep thinker, he says, you know, let's stop taking ourselves so seriously. A church is in a bad way when it banishes laughter from the sanctuary and leaves it all to the nightclubs or the comedy clubs. This is where joy should be most embraced in experience. This is where we should stop taking ourselves so seriously. Wherever you are right now, wherever you hear my voice, and there's still a lot more people online than there are in person, even though there's a lot of people here uh, today, and I'm glad I wore a tie. So I, I, I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you know what? It's not about me. Go ahead and just say that. It, it's, not about, it's, it's not about me. Life isn't. Usually I have you say it's not about you, but I wanted you to own it today. It's not about me either. It's not about our traditions, because our traditions don't save us. It's not about our denominations, because our denominations don't save us. It's not what we're confirming today. It's not just eighth graders who have an opportunity to confirm their faith today. You do know, right, biblically, that confirmation is something that we're called to do, all of us, every day of our lives as we follow Jesus. To wake up every morning, this would be a good spiritual discipline and habit, and say, I want to live this day not for me. It's not about me, God. But I want to live this day for your glory. 
I want to see where you lead me. I want to follow you instead of trying to drag you along into pursuing all of my stuff that isn't going to give me that joy, that isn't going to give me a peace that passes all human understanding, that isn't going to breathe new life into me. I've been duped. I've been tricked into thinking that it can. But I want to give it to you now, God. I'm confirming my faith and my trust in that. That's what we're doing here. The Jesus who comes along and says, follow me. That's who we're following. And just in case we... We think that that's just like an obscure verse off by itself. Jesus says it over and over again. He says, I'm the way. And just in case we start thinking it is about me, that religion, that Christianity, that spirituality is all about the things that we got to do in order to earn God's favor, in order to stand righteous before a holy God. Jesus says, you know, you didn't choose me. I chose you. That whole thing about you have to make a decision for Jesus, that's not in the Bible, that's tradition. The Bible, Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I made a decision for you. And all you have to do is believe it and receive it. All you have to do is take it in. All you have to do is confirm it. So come on this journey with me, Jesus says. Our Bible reading for today from 2 Peter says, so friends, confirm. There's that word, confirmation. Confirm. Confirm God's choice in you. Confirm God's invitation to you. In choosing you, his choice of you, don't put it off. Do it right now. That's why we call this ministry Power Life, because it's a life changer. John chapter 10, verse 10 is our theme verse that we started with over 20 years ago. And look what God has done. God has grown this into the largest Lutheran confirmation ministry, I'm pretty sure, on planet Earth. There's nothing else quite like it, because we looked at it and we said, well, what does the Bible say about confirmation? What does Scripture say? What is God's word? Not just tradition. Traditions are great. But let's make sure our traditions are in alignment with God's word. And look what God does. Look how he blesses it when we go there. When we surrender it to him. When we don't get confused and and start thinking that there's a blood test to get into church. Or there's something we got to do in order to earn it on the way in. We want you to have a powerful life. And so Jesus says, I came to give you this life so that you could have it to the full. A real and eternal life. More and a better life. Everybody say better life. Shout out power life. We have this tradition. We started over 20 years ago when I was teaching confirmation. I'd say, I'd teach this John 10, 10, and I'd say, so get a life. And the students would shout back power life. I don't want to just leave them on an island by themselves because we all have the same opportunity today to confirm our faith. It's a bigger, more formal deal for them today. They're going through the rite of confirmation. But each and every day, biblically speaking, we're invited to confirm our faith. So, get a life! Come on, shout it out! Get a life! Jesus says, I'm the way. I'll be your tour guide, so let's follow him. For a lot of us, it starts here, or a place like here, in the waters of holy baptism, where once upon a time, you were baptized. 63 of our 8th graders in this, in this campus alone in West Des Moines were baptized recently, our Power Life students. Because they came to faith. They came to that place in their heart where they said, even if it's the childlike faith, even if it's just a mustard seed of faith, the Bible says. And so baptism is the mark of that faith. But as Lutheran Christians, we don't just baptize believers. We do that. We also baptize infants. And I know it can get a little bit of a debatable point. And Christians have debated this for at least a few centuries. Before the 1500s, there was really no debate on this. But over the, it's sort of a modern debate. And there are people who say, well, you can't get baptized if you don't understand what's going on. 
Let me just use a quick kind of metaphorical story. If you had a baby who's born in September, or a grandchild, or a niece, or a nephew, or a neighbor kid, or a co-worker's kid, or somebody you care about and love, if you had a baby in your life who's born the end of September, and three months later, here comes Christmas, do you say, no presents for the baby? No gifts for the baby because the baby will not understand the gift. The baby does not have an intellectual comprehension of the Christmas gift that we're giving, so it's absolutely pointless for us to give the gift. Or does the gift depend on the giver of the gift? If you give the gift, it happened. Baptism is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about what we have to do to earn it or receive it. Biblically speaking, yes, I know, people come to faith and then they get baptized. It's kind of the norm. But in that same book of Acts that describes these stories of people coming to faith, one person in a household would come to faith sometimes and the entire household would be baptized, including the kids who were younger than an age of accountability, unless we just assume none of them were. There seems to be no concern about that in the Bible at all. So we choose to err on the side of grace. But baptism isn't the end. It's not a life insurance policy for heaven. It's the beginning. God gives the gift. He pours down his love for us. I mean, physically, you can just see it personified in, in this font. The water of life pours down from heaven to us on earth. The, the limestone in, in, I'm sorry, the marble in the middle from the Holy Land where Christ resided breaks through the limestone from Iowa. The extraordinary breaks through the ordinary of our lives. The miraculous to us, the infinite to the finite, symbolized here in the living water of God pouring out for us. For some, this is where the whole journey with Jesus begins. Whether we understand it or not, the gift is given. And if the little baby, it's not like a little three-month-old's going to say, I believe. I mean, that would be extraordinary. <laughs> and a little weird. But it's the parents' faith and the church's faith upon which we baptize because this is the beginning of the journey. And then Jesus says, come on. Come on, it doesn't end there. We, we don't just get our kids done Come on, get to know Jesus Christ. And the way you get to know God and the identity of God the most, we're born into God's family in the waters of baptism, but we're saved by the God who loves us so much he sent his son Jesus into this world to die for us. And through his death, your death is put to death. Your sin is crucified. And then Jesus says, come on, get to know me even more on a more regular basis. And I'll meet you here at this family meal this church family meal that we're going to have in just a few minutes, through the bread and the wine of an old traditional, traditional religious meal, the Passover. Jesus says, new deal now to his followers, to any of us who follow him. The bread of the Passover meal, from now on, this is my body, given for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. And the next night he gave up his body for the forgiveness of sins for the whole world, for all who put their faith in him. After that, he took the cup of the Passover meal, the wine, and he says, this cup now, new deal, new covenant. In my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this to remember me. And so we're born into God's family, a lot of us in the waters of baptism. I and mean, there can be different routes along the way. But the key is we're following Jesus to all these places. We're in, we encounter the power of God's love, the eternal life-saving power of God's love through the cross of Jesus Christ. And then please don't minimize this part. 
We're invited to the family table of God. But the Bible says is a foretaste of the heavenly feast to come. Just a glimpse. I mean, it's communion in a Lutheran church. So it's a little, little, teeny, tiny taste of kind of almost tasteless bread. And it's a sippy cup for kind of, it's a smaller than a sippy cup. It's a, it's, it's a shot glass minimized to the minus smallest kind of drip of wine that you could possibly have. And is it good wine? No, it is not. It's Mogan David. It's, it's fresh. None of these old year stuff. It's, it's the stuff just right off the vines yesterday, right? We, we just made it. But it's not the bread and the wine. It's the power of God's promise behind the bread and the wine. Listen to it. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. What I'm giving to you in this meal, you can't get anywhere else. It's the most powerful, most meaningful meal you'll ever have this side of heaven. And then in heaven, it'll be a feast, the Bible says. So we remember Jesus in this meal. We remember his amazing grace poured out for us. And we remember this, you're invited. Your place at God's table is reserved in the kingdom of heaven. It's been confirmed, as Justin said earlier in the service. On the way, Jesus says. So follow me. Follow me on this tour. And that goes for everybody who can hear my voice right now. That goes for me too. You don't stop when you get confirmed. You know the old joke about the Lutheran pastor, the Catholic priest, and the Baptist preacher? And they all get together and they're lamenting that they all have the same problem. They have bats in their belfry where the church bells are in the big tower outside of their old traditional church buildings. And they're just saying, oh, this is just terrible. The Baptist preacher says, I tried to do an altar call for the bats, but they wouldn't come. And we still have bats in the belfry. The Catholic priest says, I burned incense up the belfry tower and it didn't smoke them out. They're still there. I can't get rid of the bats in the, in the belfry. The Lutheran pastor says, we used to have the same problem, but we don't anymore. And the, the Baptist preacher and the Catholic priest both say the same thing. So, well, what did you do? How did you get rid of the bats in the belfry? I just baptized and confirmed them and I haven't seen them since. That's a problem. But we're laughing because it's too often true. You know what's sad about that? You've been given a ticket. You've been given a gift. You've been given this incredible gift. The most valuable gift you'll ever receive. And you're going to put it on a shelf? You're going to say, I got more important things to do in high school? Or in college? Or in young adulthood? Or in middle age? Or in my senior years? What could possibly be more important than taking this tour every day of our lives and saying, God, where do you want to lead me today? Where are we going to go? I want to live for your glory, not mine. Because when I try to live for my glory, I notice something. That even when I achieve it, it doesn't satisfy my soul. Have you figured that one out yet? That even when you get it, when you accomplish it, oh, if I could just do that, I'd be full. Is it enough? Or are you still looking for something more? Along comes Jesus, says, I got a better way for you. Come get born again into my family, again and again and again and again. Remember your identity, who you are as a child of God, brought into the family of God through the waters of baptism. Encounter the power of my saving grace through the cross of Jesus Christ. Remember your seat at the table. Remember you're included. Remember it's going to last forever. And it's a promise of God. 
so what we're doing here, confirmation, when you all eighth graders just walked across, I mean, I, I'm almost in tears because some of you I've seen grow up. I, I baptized you as little babies, some of you. And now you're confirming that baptism. The yes that Jesus said to you in baptism and at the cross and at the Lord's table, now you're standing up and publicly saying yes. Yes, I believe it. Yes, I receive it. And so John chapter one says, you have the power to become children of God for the rest of your eternal lives. Now keep confirming it. Because as Justin said, confirmation is not a graduation. I know it kind of looks like that, right? They all kind of walk across the stage. They're gonna get certificates when it's all done. And those are important things. It's worth it. These are traditions that are worth embracing. It's a great tradition. But it's not a, it's not a completion of a cycle. It's quite the opposite. It's the beginning of a whole new journey where you just keep going around and around. And you follow Jesus. And then you go out there and you live out your Christian life in a daily way. Confirmation is not crossing a spiritual finish line. It's marking and celebrating a major milepost in your ongoing faith journey. I can't emphasize enough, your ongoing faith journey. Because you got confirmed today, all the more you're saying, I'm in with you, Jesus. I'm all in with you. Because I want to live the life that my creator created me to live. Instead of spinning my wheels and chasing the wind and going after all this stuff that isn't soul satisfying. It's like that clip from the movie Hoosiers, the greatest movie of all time, or at least in the top 10, where the coach says to Strap, Strap is the pastor's kid in Hickory, this little underdog, uh, Indiana town that's on its way to a state championship. Strap's a bench warmer, he doesn't play. He's not very good at basketball. He's got other gifts, but the team gets in foul trouble, so the coach says, Strap, you're in. You gotta get into the game. You've been given this opportunity. As you watch this clip, understand, eighth graders. Understand everybody who can hear my voice right now. You are being called into the game. God wants you on the floor. Take a look. Patient, work for the good job. You got it? Come on. Team! Let's go, guys, come on. Let's go, Scott, let's go. God wants you on the floor. strength in the dribble, all right? In other words, stop shooting. That was lucky. Listen to me, eighth graders. God wants you on the floor. God wants you in the game. God wants you to run with him, to go his way, to follow him, because that's where the good life is. You say, well, I got, I got other things that are a little more important to me right now. I got other things that are priorities. I got, I got other things I need to focus on. Because I love you, I'm going to tell you this. And everybody else can listen too, because it's for all of you too. And it's for me too. You don't have anything more important than this. Not one thing. 
there is not one thing in your life that's more important than this journey with Jesus Christ. Seek first the kingdom of God, the Bible says. Then all these other things, all these other important things. There isn't one thing in your life that's more important than accepting Jesus' invitation and confirming your faith day after day after day after day because this is where you find the joy, untouchable. This is where you find the peace that passes all human understanding. This is where you find the new life. This is where it is and it's nowhere else to be found. There's nothing more important in your life than what you're doing here today and what Jesus calls all of us to do every day. Yesterday, I could not have been more excited when I got home from church. Uh, a guy who's a member of our church, Chase Allen, signed a contract with God's team, <laughs> the Chicago Bears. Uh, Chase is really active. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the eight Bears fans in the church are like, yeah, that's awesome. We got Chase, six foot seven, athletic freak, Iowa State captain for all these years. Just, just, and, you know, you say, I say that and everyone's like, yeah, man, that's, that's got to be the most important thing in his life. You don't know Chase. Chase has been a leader in our college ministry, Kairos up in Ames. He, he volunteers, he serves, he gives. He was the angel at Journey to the Light this year, up on the wall, on the video. That was Chase, the guy with the long flowing locks of red hair that I wish I had. Chase now is a Chicago bear. He's on the team, you're like, well, that'd be the ultimate, right? For some, not everybody's goal. Some of you want to play on lesser teams. <laughs> but one of my favorite people, my favorite tight end on planet Earth, and my favorite team got together last night. He signed a contract. What if he signed that contract? He's like, ah, I'm not going to camp. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to try out. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to, oh, thanks for the offer. Thanks for the contract. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on that. You've been given this ticket, the Bible says. We were also given absolutely terrific promises, our Bible reading for today says. Your tickets to be participants in the life of God. At the NFL draft, which was in Las Vegas, this spectacle of a city meets this spectacle of a thing called the NFL draft. I don't know why sports fans like me get into the draft, but we just do. It's like, with the 33rd pick... In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select somebody you've never heard of. Woo! <laughs> or we start tweeting, that's the worst pick ever! Like you know. You never saw the guy play, but you heard somebody say something about something and you think you need a defensive player when it's an off or whatever it is. But that's just, you know, how we do it. And then it's this spectacle because the best players, the ones they know are going to get drafted, probably in the first round are all invited, 30 or so players. And then they get to do their 15 seconds of fame walk and all the cameras and the white hot artificial lights of Vegas are all on them. Three national networks are showing it all live. Three, live. 150,000 people are there on the ground cheering, woo! What could possibly be better than that moment? Well, for people like Chase Allen, it's what you did here today, eighth graders. It's confirming your faith in Jesus Christ. I don't mean to suggest that Chase doesn't care about this. He's super pumped. I texted him. He, he's like, he's a really excited about this, as he should be. But whatever you pursue in life, do it all for the glory of God. The number one pick in the, in the draft, Trayvon Walker, 
edge rusher from Georgia. Unlimited potential. He could be the greatest defender ever, or he could be a complete bust. You don't know. But they picked him number one based on that potential. And so you think, well, when they name him the number one pick, he's going to come walking in. All the lights and the cameras are going to be on him, and everyone's going to go, woo. Did you notice, those of you who watched, where was he? At home, with his family, with his pastor. I'm just saying, if you ever get drafted, <laughs> I'm available for the post-announcement prayer, all right? Gladly we'll do that. But there's a picture behind me of, of Trayvon hugging his father, his mother's on his other side, his family's around him, his neighbors, his church, all the people around him. And they're celebrating. And when asked, why didn't you go to the draft? Why didn't you show up, show up for that moment? What could possibly be better than being famous on YouTube or having the most TikTok followers? What could possibly be more important than, than everybody knowing your name? Jesus knowing my name. The one who gives me life forever and new life right now. I'm a family guy, Trayvon Walker is quoted as saying in his, his press conference the next day. I like being around people who genuinely care about me. I'm not down with the fake love. So I don't need Vegas this weekend. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just that that shows his heart. He goes on to say, the number one priority for me, there's nothing more important. Not being drafted number one, nothing is more important than my relationship with God. Listen to me, if you want to be truly rich, richer than anybody you know, you're going to have to invest in relationships. Your relationship with God and your relationship with one another, your sisters and brothers in Christ, the people that you just did confirmation with for the last three years. Keep doing it as you get into Ignition, the high school ministry here at Hope, as you continue to be a confirmed part and a member of this body of Christ called Lutheran Church of Hope. Keep activating your faith, and this goes for all of us. If you want to get rich, invest in relationships. The Bible says this. Above all, clothe yourselves with love. All the things that Christians do. Yes, forgive people, it says in Colossians 3. Yes, be patient. Yes, uh, have a humble spirit. Yes, do all these things. Yes, come to worship. Sing your spiritual songs. Praise God. Do all these things, but above all clothe yourselves with love. First Corinthians 13, Paul says, yes, there are all these gifts in the church. There are teachers, there are caregivers, there are people who serve, there are missionaries, there are people who go out, there are leaders, there are all these different gifts. There are miraculous gifts, people who can heal the sick with prayer, people who can speak in tongues, people who can prophesy and see God's vision for the future. You could, you could strive after spiritually these miraculous gifts, but then Paul and the Bible puts it as bluntly and directly and simply as any Anything has ever been written. But of all these gifts, the greatest, the ones that are going to give you the most life, are faith. How's your faith? Hope in Jesus Christ. Are you holding on to that? Even in difficult times? And love. And the greatest of these is love. If you want to be rich, you're going to have to get better at that. You're going to have to invest more in that. Because that's where true wealth is to be found. You've got God's word on it, not preacher's opinion. Over and over and over again, Jesus says, this is the greatest commandment. Love God with everything you've got and love others the way I have loved you. 
Believe this. That's how we confirm our faith. Believe it and receive it and God gives you the power to become his very own children. Believe it, but then hold on to it. Don't be the bats in the belfry at the Lutheran church who get baptized and confirmed and they disappear. You know, the greatest tragedy in that story would be for those who disappear, not for the church. Because you'd be missing it. You'd be missing the life that your maker made you to live out. The journey, the pathway, from the waters of baptism to the cross of Jesus Christ to the bread and the wine of this meal. So believe it, that's what you're doing today. You're saying, I believe it. Even if it's just a tiny mustard seed of faith, I believe it. And then keep that faith. Hold on to the hope that God gives you, the Bible says. Our Bible reading for today, do these things and you will never fall away. You will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No one else can give you this. So nothing is this valuable. It's about your relationship with God, your life is. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's about our relationship with God. It's about living for his glory. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And it's about taking that love that God gives to us, putting our trust in it, and then it just naturally starts to pour out of us to the world around us. Suddenly we don't need everybody around us to be perfect. Suddenly we start having some grace for people too, just like God has for us. Well, we've received it, why wouldn't we give it? It's the only place to get this life, to get it right, to find the life that you've always been looking for. So I'll close it the way we always close a Power Life Confirmation. Get a life! Power.